You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Um, I just wanted to lean back into something that you were saying earlier in regards to when waking up and putting fuel into your system, so i.e. breakfast. Um, I, I know you said that you have breakfast and you find it easy to have breakfast, but I think there's, there's I'm not, not too sure if you've heard of it, but there's a thing called intermittent fasting and yeah. you tend to miss breakfast. Do yeah. you find this uh, a positive or negative when it comes to sleep? Like I say, it depends on the profile of the individual and, and, uh, and their occupation and all other things around them to, to be able to define what you want to do. But, but principally, um, you know, there's, there's fasting techniques, which is just, uh, which some can be very positive. So my particular fasting technique is, is I don't always eat lunch. Okay. But I always eat breakfast. So I think, you know, when you look at any fasting programs, there is a point in a time where you, you do need to, to take these things on. And I always encourage that the start of the day is the most important one. Then I have the ability to make good decisions throughout the day. Um, so it's not necessarily about breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's about the start of your day is the most important period of the day. And... I think it doesn't make any sense in general terms to have spent maybe eight, nine, ten hours without taking on fluids uh, or fuel to then take on the next eight, nine, ten hours without fluids and fuel. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to look at not me, but you know what, what I encourage people to do is tend to look at that seven-day process of it's the best five a day, it's your five cycles a day, it's your 7.5 hours, it's about a shorter period at night, it's about balancing your recovery. And then you can also inter- intertwine with that um, how you hydrate and fuel up. So you can have a, a sort of period of time fasting, but it's it's based on something that you're working towards rather than just one day up, one day off, or every three days you fast for a whole 24 hours. I mean, as you fully expect, you know, there's, there's cultures and different athletes all over the world who have to fast for particular reasons and periods and all that sort of stuff. But that's the, the general rule of thumb is uh, you start your day well. Mm-hmm then pretty much whatever you're trying to do or whatever you need to do or what you want to do has got a better place. Cool. Um, you mentioned, uh, actually, before I even actually ask you that, there is something that I wanted to go into, and you've mentioned it already, is the body profiles. Now, you said that, that well, still till this day, there is no body profiles in the min- in the mattress industry. Um, is that something that could be implemented now? Um, do you think that's something that's going to happen? Because as we know, we we have different profiles and we get uh, different sizes of shoes 
but there's, there is there still tends to be a one size fits all on beds. Do you think that's going to change in the mattress industry? Um, it's got to it's got to change. Um, I think only because you put it in the context of you know, I can I can go to a shoe shop and I can buy some footwear but I need to know the size of my foot mm-hmm. right um, if I don't know whether I want high heels trainers Wellington boots leather shoes whatever it is the first point to call is I need to know the size of my foot mm-hmm. right? and I can buy a bigger size and put some inner soles in it but I can't buy a smaller size right so because that's going to be a problem. So I need to know that. I think the the principle you also have to come from is is I can teach you to sleep on anything, anywhere, anytime, any place. Right? Yeah. So the concept is is the education awareness about what we've been talking about. Is if you put those things in place and you've got a really good approach to your everyday recovery, then you can sleep on anything. Mm-hmm. Right? And because athletes have to you know, hanging off the side of a cliff on a mountain, doing extreme sports or whatever it is, sleeping in hotels on other people's products, whatever it is, right? So you get that involved. So you, you can have an approach that uh, means that if I have to sleep on the floor, then I will do that in short cycles more often, right? Not try to sleep on the floor for long periods. If it's a sofa with a little bit more comfort in it, then I might be able to sleep for a little bit longer because it's a bit more comfortable, allows me to do certain things. So that's where you come from. The problem is with the mattress industry is because that's principally the only point when any of us invest in sleep, mm-hmm. you know, previously. Yeah. So you will sleep on anything that's available to you. Uh, and then suddenly you have to buy a bed. Not want to, you have to. And when you have to buy something, then it becomes a big investment Uh and so all of those triggers for the marketing of these products is to ensure that they've got as much features and benefits as possible, more springs than everybody else, or this and that and everybody else, just trying to fill you with data. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is, if you're 200 kilograms, if you're Anthony Joshua, but then also you're Rafa Nadal, or you're a World Cup netballer, Maybe 62 kilograms, your shoulders are the same width as your hips. Mm. Your shoulders are wider than your hips, like swimmers. Or you're a big, you know, big bones uh, human being, like an endomorph. Mm-hmm. It's that <clears throat> you can't sleep on the floor in the same way. That means you can't sleep on any surface in the same way. That means all the things that they're telling you about perfect night's sleep and everything else just just is nonsense if they're not actually asking you what shape you are what's the size of your foot and that's because the industry generally says and it's massive now today's world mm-hmm. um, that we make this mattress and anybody can sleep on it well you're sitting on that sofa Anybody can sit on that sofa, can't you? Mm-hmm. But all you're doing is sitting on it, right? Yeah. You're not sleeping on it for eight hours, right? <laughs> No, no, I hope not anyway. So you kind of go, hang on a minute. 
do you like the look of my sofa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have it in a different colour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have a three-seater or a two-seater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, make, we, they make stuff for us. It's like laptops, computers, watches, whatever. Everybody can wear them. It's whether you like it or whether you don't like it. Yeah. But when it comes to mental and physical recovery, Christ almighty, <laughs> they're not even taking into account your shape, your size, your allergies, um, and all these sort of things. So if you're actually going to sleep on something on a regular basis, and you also know you've got to be able to sleep in hotels and at your mate's house and all sorts of stuff, because if you're going to, we put far too much emphasis on that product, and we get led right up the garden path. And does it make sense if you walked into an Apple shop, whether you like Apple products or not, you walked into an Apple shop and they said, look, we've got this nice new MacBook. It's called a MacBook Air. It's lovely, isn't it? Nice and thin. And by the way, you get a 365-night trial. Mm. What do you need? Well, if you don't like it or it doesn't actually do what it says on the tin, I mean, you can just give it us back and we'll give you a full refund. You don't want to buy something where people don't care. You actually want to, does it do this? Yes. Will it do that? Yes. Would you like an Apple? Would you like to spend this much money on it? Because it'll last a long time. Blah, blah, blah. Do you invest in the brand? Blah, blah. All of those positive things. No, they just go, buy it. Buy it in a box. Don't even try it. Get it in your home. Sleep on it for 12 months and then get your money back. We don't give a crap. You don't give a crap. It doesn't make sense, guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I've been battling with that for most of my life in the industry. I don't know whether I'll even cure it, but, yeah. you know, my clients don't walk into shops and buy crap like that. You know, it's just nonsense. Okay. Yeah, sorry, probably last question for myself. Um... I'm going to have to go soon, you know. You've been on for ages. I've got to get to my bed and my little <laughs> five centimetre mat. Get to your pod. Um, in regards to exercise, so I see, yeah, myself and French obviously exercise, let's say, regularly. Um, now, when I exercise, I find sleeping much easier. I can get to sleep, yeah, I can get to sleep um, a lot quicker than obviously any other day when obviously I didn't exercise. And I just wanted to know whether there was a difference between those who did exercise and those who didn't exercise. I'm probably trying to draw a contrast between athletes and maybe working professionals. Um, the quickest way to answer that is it's, it's a lot easier to work with elite athletes mm-hmm. because I don't have to tell them to exercise I don't have to tell them about nutrition I don't have to tell them about committing to a healthy lifestyle but they are far more demanding because if anything doesn't work you know could put it for you right? so they're very demanding but they're easier to work with I think what's going on, as you well know, is is by involving exercise into your everyday. Now, that could just be, you know, walking to the next tube stop or riding your bike to work or getting off the bus two stops earlier and just walking into work. Whatever it means to you or whether it's going to the gym and doing intensive workouts, whatever exercise means to you, it's important because... While you're exercising, it is like a controlled recovery period. So what we call these is active recovery periods. 
So you are actually exercising, but you're actually in recovery at the same time. Because mentally, you'll be putting things in context. You'll be producing all the right hormones to sort of make you feel good and positive and all that sort of stuff. So generally, people who do the exercise, and if they've got an R90 you know, scheduled plan, there's no, there's no opportunity to eat too late or exercise too late because you're just creating the, the times you go to sleep and the cycles you've got to know to do that in the evenings or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So what you're experiencing is... is is your brain loves this. Uh, you're not in control of sleep when you're in the sleep state, but what you've done is you've helped your brain to put things in context while you're on that treadmill, whatever it is, or you're doing your weights. It's just a really good mental vacant state. You're doing really positive things. You're getting all of those benefits. So when you actually present yourself with sleep, all your brain is doing goes, thank you. It's just saying thank you, and it will take you into those areas that you want to go. So that's really the balance about it. So I, I you know, if you want a good five a day, then you, know, you don't have to encourage people to, to do excessive exercise, but you do need to be active. You, know, you do need to raise the heart rate. You do need to do those little things, however you manufacture that, because that will really help that whole process. I mean, everybody knows, I don't jog, I, you know, my knees are fucked, my ankles are fucked, <laughs> I'm years old, you know, but I always, I work with a lot of runners and extreme runners and stuff like that. And when you're out on the road jogging or whatever it is or running, you tend to be completely focused on what you're doing. Yeah. You? And, and that's what, sort of, the anxiety seems to sort of be sweating out of you. You know, yeah. You're putting, as you mentioned before, about you know thinking about stuff, and the brain might be putting things in context. You, one of your early questions, exercise is amazing for that. But you know, there's a there's a lot to go into around there about your chronotype and when you're doing it, why. Having this balance of a polyphasic sleeping approach, so you know you can actually be exercising in the gym at eleven o'clock at night, right? Yeah. You can be exercising at home at 11 o'clock at night. If you're a PMer and your sleep-wake cycles are like this, your recovery cycles are like that, so you're not planning to go to sleep until 2 o'clock in the morning, do so many cycles into that time, recover midday, little distraction, bang, 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 little CRP early evening, bang, you know, taking all the pressure off. So, but generally people sort of go, I need to do it straight after work at 6 o'clock or, or I need to do it first thing in the morning. And I think once you get that lovely context together, that's why people call it a sort of a game changer, mm-hmm. a paradigm shifter. Because I wish I'd known this a long time ago. Yeah. Because you start to do things at the right times of day for the right reasons. You start to put things in place to protect yourself because you want to do things with your mates at certain times where it might not be too suitable to you, but you want to find a little nice balance to it. And suddenly, uh, recovery is revealed in a manner that you never thought possible. You know, that, that's the weird thing about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I've got one last question. I mean, I've got plenty more, but I know time's limited, so I'll ask one more question. It's in regards to Ambient. I know in America... 
it's something that's become, I guess, a bit of an epidemic. Uh, over here in the UK, we don't really push sleeping pills as much, but do you think it's something that could become an epidemic? And before it does, is there anything that you would suggest that we do uh, before it does get to that stage of having to use sleeping pills? We, um, you know, over the couple of decades, it was always focused on uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last 10 years, in particular, last five years, this sort of, because we've taken all the recovery breaks away, they were not planned for, as we touched on before, and we just keep diving into this social experiment, is one of the negative sides about uh, technological developments and, and various things. Uh, it's not only the impact on us mentally, um, which is becoming a growing uh, concern in, in sport and in life. Um, it's bullying online uh, and our exposure to all of these sort of things, uh, the way we deal with that mentally, which is one thing, but also the ability to access products without prescription. So whilst you say that maybe Ambien is not epidemic in the UK, sales are rising massively. Okay. So the top five, six sleeping tablets that you would only get prescribed by a general practitioner in a very short period of time under extreme circumstances, not on repeat, you can access those online without a GP's prescription. You can also get melatonin. You can get snoz, which is a Scandinavian little teabag of nicotine to pop under there. That's epidemic. Footballers. Yeah, dude. Footballers go about that. And those are hidden. So what you say is, while you do get certain statistics, is that I wander around and and see it all the time, is that anybody who's not registered is taking sleeping tablets because they're not being prescribed. They're still taking them uh, quite readily because they can access them online. So melatonin sublets, even very high... And you get you get addicted to all the, uh, you know, for weight training, all the protein supplements, things like that can take you over there. Yeah. Um, even uh, caffeine supplements, where you can get stuff two or three hundred milligrams uh, in one hit. So there is a general thing is is what we're uncovering in sport as well, all the well-being testing and everybody looks fine and they all say they're okay, but in the background, below the level, um, they're doing things addictively mm-hmm. and uh, that's something which is a great concern and would be for everybody uh, who may be listening to this is don't, you know, don't let, don't just wander through this allowing it to keep impacting and impacting. Don't go down these routes of, of grabbing hold of things to try and put yourself through because that is a really, really dangerous path to go. And we're not just saying that. Um, it is extremely evident. Snoz is epidemic in the US. Sleeping tablets are epidemic. But all of these things are epidemic all over the place. And epidemic's a big word. Mm. It's a big word. But I was in a school in the UK and the kids, 14, 15, 16 year olds, 
were taking melatonin supplements brought in by their fathers from the US because you can't get it here over wow. the counter in, in a specific sense. And their parents were giving it to their kids because their kids were struggling with sleep in school wow. because they're at a boarding school. I know it's a private thing, but it, it's just the same for the kids who go to a normal comprehensive or whatever. It's the same applies. It's just kids. Yeah. And life. These kids have been taking this stuff because they can't sleep. And no one is addressing the issues why they can't sleep or the other things around it, and not even the medical professions around them. But the parents are actually doing something with their children that actually is illegal, makes absolute nonsense, but they're doing it even at 14 and 15. I don't know what they'll be doing by the time they get to. 16, we pop in sleeping tablets uh, for fun, mm. just to sedate it, or whether it's other things like alcohol or whatever. Uh, and that's, I don't want to sound fear factor, but you know, you mentioned it. Yeah, I think it's outrageous, if I'm honest. We need to be very careful. We can get a lot of stuff online. I can get a McDonald's delivered to my house. I can get this delivered to my house. I don't even have to get off my chair. Yeah. There's also a lot of other things that I should not be able to access as easily as they are. And I need to know that. I might not be able to stop it, but I need to know that certain things I shouldn't be doing online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, Nick, for, I guess, taking part. Uh, I'm not going to hold you up for any longer. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess on behalf of the team, thank yeah. you for yeah, taking much part. Appreciate much appreciated. Very informative. You're really relaxed and chilled. Yeah, we're we ready for it. sleep now. <laughs> um, Nick, b before you go, do you want to just shout, shout out any of your social profiles? People can find you and contact you. Um, yeah. Uh, Nick Bryan, Nick Bryan on Twitter, but also Instagram. You know, is it is it just Nick Little Hells or? Yeah, just I was at Sports Sleep Coach. Okay. Uh, the website sportsleepcoach.com. Excellent. Um, I don't say this to be, but we're posting stuff all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blogs, little tips here and there. We try to look at everything that's going on in the world of sleep and just provide as much free content as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, just to help people. We've got little services, you know, from five, five pounds where people can just get started. Uh, don't be afraid of getting started in this journey. You guys have read the book. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really difficult to make those little steps and they can lead to other things. But, uh, you know, we're always doing stuff out there. So sportsleadcoach.com, follow us wherever you can because, you know, we, we're we more... The, the drive of my business is to educate and help people. Um, and the more people that we can have redefining this subject like you guys. I don't care whether you've got one follower or 50 million followers or 7.6 million followers, you know. I'm only interested if collectively we can make some change and keep this process going the better. So Excellent. that's where you can see us, that way you can get it. And, um, you know, maybe you'll invite me down to the zebra sofa. <laughs> <laughs> you declined, definitely. Nick, you declined. <laughs> we should have let you know there was a zebra sofa here. <laughs> yeah, you should make that your little thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nick, all right? Much appreciated. Thanks for joining us. All right. Touch, guys. We'll oh, do. We'll yeah, do. We'll definitely do. Cheers, will. man.
We'll definitely get in contact for that again. Cheers for that, Nick. Cheers. Yeah. See ya. Have a good one. Cheers.